You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're breaking down Tuesday night football, which is an odd sentence to say. Uh, Bills and Titans, which turned out to be a blowout. It's our stock up, stock down segment, our regular Wednesday feature, and a little bit of news around the NFL to get into. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, restaurants, favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Brian Peacock, at BD Peacock on Twitter, the scout Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. Uh, let's start with the latest news here and bad news for the Arizona Cardinals who are trying to flip the script on a, a rough couple of years and their best defensive player now pass rusher edge player Chandler Jones has a biceps injury and he is done for the year uh it's a big one I mean it really is you know I I've talked a lot about Arizona that they're trending the right direction there's some things to like here for sure they have some critical pieces in place now but he's one of them, and they, they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of fallback options, particularly on – well, I guess on both sides of the ball. that The middle of their roster isn't real strong, in my opinion, to make up for the loss of a star like Jones. So this is big. It's so difficult to lose your best player on one side of the ball for, for any team. And for the Cardinals, especially difficult with the way they're built. And so – yeah. The lack of pass rush is going to hurt them. Can they outscore teams? I think they had, you know, an improving defense. They still have Patrick Peterson there. You still have Buda Baker. You still have some some good pieces, but a pass rush is so key to everything else that happens on the back end, and they still need some development from uh, some young players on the defensive side of the ball as well to go along with it. They can still keep afloat for sure. This isn't a death knell for the Arizona Cardinals, but it just makes things that much more difficult in a really tough division, currently 3-2. and two. I don't know how many teams are going to make it out of the NFC West, but it's going to be probably exponentially more difficult without Chandler Jones for the Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I'm sitting here thinking, it wouldn't shock me at all if the Cardinals' first-round pick next year is a defensive lineman of some sort. They, yeah. they got to build those lines. They obviously have a good young quarterback that's developing, and he's going to have to play even better and win some games probably on his own and and limit the turnovers. We've seen the, the turnovers pop up a little bit recently with him. Uh, I still like the Cardinals a lot. I like the direction they're going. It's a it's a tougher road for the Cardinals than a lot of teams right now just because you're at 3-2 and you're still in third place in your own division, and you still have multiple other teams now with good records in the NFC that you're going to have to, at some point, leapfrog over. And uh, it's going to be a tough task, but uh, a fun it team is. to watch. And, and every week, I'm kind of like, man, okay, Cardinals, are they going to just really step on the accelerator? Or is this the team that's going to be around 500 at the end of the year? And I still don't really have that answer. Yeah, right. And I really think people need to look at the Cardinals through this light of, are they getting better? Are yes. the pieces working out? Is the system working? Is the culture growing? And maybe not even be super concerned with the final win-loss total and all those type of things. And then next year, look at it like, okay, now it's our time to be a real contender after one more offseason, 
one more year of Kyler getting better, one more year of Kingsbury getting better as an NFL coach. I really feel like this is that transition year to build off of. Melvin Gordon, Broncos running back, charged with DUI. Just wanted to get this little bit of news out there because this might affect him at some point for the Broncos and maybe your fantasy teams if he if he does have some kind of uh, issue with the league. Reports say likely two to three game suspension for Gordon, and I don't know how long that process will take to play out. But he was going, uh, you know, somewhere thirty or forty miles above the speed limit under the influence. That is not good. He's not going to be arraigned until November 13th, but usually the league plays a lot different uh, schedule when it comes to some of these things and suspensions than the actual uh, law playing out in real time for the player. Yeah, and unfortunate. uh, It sounds like nobody was hurt. That's the most important thing, I suppose. Um, Just from a football perspective, though, I was just starting to get a little bit excited about Denver, who, by the way, way, got – cheated out of a bye week. I mean, we haven't mentioned that yet. I mean, but that was not so great for a team that needs it as bad as anybody. And I was excited to say, kind of like we're talking about Arizona, Drew Locke's coming back or things are start building in the right direction. And Lindsay will probably return, but you know, Gordon's key to Locke's development and making his life easier. This would be a blow. Yeah, it'd be a huge blow. And there's yeah. still a ton to, to figure out with the schedule. They're talking about maybe adding an 18th week, but they don't want to do that. And luckily for the league, everything ended up being okay. And this Tuesday night football game worked out, Matt. And it was the Tennessee Titans. It did. blew out the Buffalo Bills 42 to 16. Maybe the Titans publicly taking a, a bath, really, with, with uh, how many people were blaming the Tennessee Titans organization and the players for all the positive tests and everything that was going on there. And they took it a little bit personal. It sounds like, and maybe that was the chip on their shoulder that, uh, that, that helped them really focus in on this game. We, we had talked about it on the podcast. We picked the bills and we thought maybe it would go the other way. And it was, you know, it was sort of a rough season and a rough couple of weeks for the Titans. And uh, we were exactly 100% wrong on that. And in fact, it went the entirely other way, 42 to 16, Derek Henry, Stiff-arming guys into oblivion, um, just playing with anger and some confidence were the Titans. It was impressive. It was, and you nailed it. I mean, I had no idea what to think of Tennessee, but I just kind of looked at it logically like it's been a tough week. They haven't got a lot of practice in, and more concerned I was was with they're without a lot of good players that are on the COVID list. You know I mean? They're shorthanded in terms of their best guys, you know, Simmons and Davis, and I mean, it was a long list. And Buffalo's playing really well. So I expected the Bills to be on the other side of a blowout. But give Tennessee credit. I think Vrabel and that coaching staff are vastly underrated. I think Tannehill's amongst the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I think it's a pretty strong organization. And what's interesting is I just pulled up the box score for the first time five minutes ago and just scanning it to see what stood out. And if you looked at the box score – you would think this was like an overtime game. I mean, both teams averaged 5.4 yards per play. Buffalo actually ran a few more plays, seven more plays than Tennessee. Um, Tennessee ran for 45 yards more, but they threw for 80 yards less. Like, it's all pretty equal, but three turnovers to none turnovers, in, yeah. in Tennessee's favor. And that just shows you the power of the turnover. Yep, I was just about to say the turnovers is the one that that when you see it, okay, three turnovers, lost fumble, two interceptions from Josh Allen, who's you know still played okay. He he wasn't bad, Josh Allen, which I don't think we're ever going to see again. He's he's a new player, so his new bad I think is 
is maybe what we saw pretty high, yeah. uh, on Tuesday, which is a great sign for the Bills and, you know, still good things to come for the Bills who are 4 and 1 on the season, their first loss, still unbeaten Tennessee Titans at 4 and 0. And <laughs> when I look at the box score, the things that jump out to me are the Ryan Tannehill, this is like the the textbook, this is the this is the signature Ryan Tannehill line now. And I feel like, and this is sort of anecdotal, I'm not looking at his stats from last year, but I feel like he had so many games that were like this where it's like, he played great, 129.3 quarterback rating, three touchdown passes, but only 195 yards. It's so it's, it's crazy efficiency, low number of yards, but they're putting up points and they're winning football games with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. And like that's that's the prototypical Ryan Tannehill game now that I think we're going to come to expect. 195 yards, but three touchdown passes. Right, right. And I'm sitting here looking on ESPN's website. It's QBR is 97.1, only 195 yards, but played well, made, made plays with his feet, had four carries for 42 yards, including a touchdown. Finds a way. I mean, it's not always pretty. It's not always sexy. Um, but I think A.J. Brown and Johnny Smith are pretty and sexy. I like. I love seeing A.J. <laughs> Brown back on the field. And Smith's been one of my breakout guys for a while. Their numbers weren't tremendous, but they are impact players. And luckily, I have the power of editing. I can go back to yesterday's podcast and erase the part where uh, I gave some fantasy advice and pretend that I said, of course, you have to start A.J. Brown 100%. That's the only option (laughs) you have is to start A.J. Brown in this game, no matter who they're playing against. And it helps that Trey White was out and and John Brown was also out for for Buffalo. So, uh, yeah, they did have their share of things to overcome. I definitely got a lot wrong in this game. Me too. I mean, I got the over right, and that's the only only money I put on it, but... uh, I would have definitely bet the Bills, and I picked the Bills. Coming up, stock up, stock down after five weeks of the NFL season. Everybody is in play, coaches, players, organizations, whatever is happening in the NFL is in play for our stock up, stock down segment. And I think a fun conversation, Matt, that we teased yesterday is how do we reshuffle things now early in the season for rest of career Wide receivers. There's so many good young wide receivers in the league right now. So let's get into that next on Peacock and Williamson. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I watch little breakfast, refreshments throughout the day, pretty much watch ball all day long. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. So looking at wide receiver career arcs and where you would rank them, Matt, we're talking Dynasty Football. You host the Dynasty Football Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You know, keeper leagues out there or just rest of career as it pertains to the NFL. doesn't have to be exactly a dynasty football conversation, although that is sort of how we're going to frame it because, of course, you want the most productive players on your dynasty football teams and your fantasy football teams year to year. So who would you be buying stock in? This is a perfect segue into the stock up, stock down segments, and uh, I think there might be some interesting names that maybe coming into the season would rank high on your list, but maybe there's some even younger wide receivers than the Julios and the Michael Thomases and the Devontae Adams and the DeAndre Hopkins that people should look at is like, man, I would buy maybe this guy's career over some of the current top wide receivers coming into the NFL in 2020. Yeah. yeah and I mean, you think you have to realize, and this is a dynasty and a, a fantasy nugget is 
receivers don't fall off a cliff, cliff at age 26, 27, like running backs often do. You get four or five years out of a running back, move on, recycle them. You know, if you if you have a good young core of receivers, you can probably ride that out six, seven, eight years or whatever. Um, but we, we did Locked on Dynasty this week, and this topic came up, and my co-host, Ryan McDowell, who's basically dynasty all the time, where I'm kind of a dynasty on the side guy. You know, we do this NFL stuff first. And he mentioned to me that he redid his wide receiver ranks for dynasty purposes. And DK Metcalf was his number one overall. And CD lamb Ooh. is his, his receiver too. You know, I mean, in terms of he's having a, a dynasty draft right now, uh, an entry startup league, he's taking every, he's taking Metcalf first lamb second and bypassing, Thomas, Hopkins, Adams, Tyreek, Ridley, Godwin, AJ Brown. Like those are the other names that would be in contention. But it's uh that's that's it was a bold statement. I was like, wow, okay. I, I'm not sure I can dispute it though. It's it's hard to argue with that because we're talking rest of career. And you mm-hmm. you mentioned the the age where maybe players would start to fall off a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins is twenty eight years old, and I think DeAndre Hopkins is the is an ideal comparison here for CD lamb because their playing style is so similar to me and I've compared him in the past. So essentially if CD lamb becomes the next Deandre Hopkins, you're getting seven more years of production versus where Hopkins is, even though Hopkins is going probably earlier in most definitely earlier in fantasy drafts, but even in dynasty drafts, I think Deandre Hopkins probably goes, you know, around before cd lamb even though cd lamb would be climbing at this point versus where he was as a rookie so you have a 21 year old who i think can have a similar career arc who's in a very good situation um you know we'll see where where dak what happens with dak but it seems like he's going to be in a good situation long term and it's always helpful to see that initial okay how does this player look in the NFL? How does it translate? Because you never know. The offenses in college can be different. You don't know how they're going to translate. Can they get open against press coverage? The way they're using them in the slot and in the outside, you want your number one receivers to be someone who can work out of the slot and be target hogs there. So if you're talking PPR, I mean, he's going to be targeted heavily. He's already, I mean, he might surpass the entire group of wide receivers in Dallas who are very good. As yeah. the number, as just the go-to guy this year, and, and maybe he already has, and, and uh, in a lot of ways, he 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 is that guy right now. And I see C.D. Lamb show up in the NFL, and the important things from his college tape translated. Number one being ball skills. When the ball's in the air, supernatural awesome, getting the ball, going up to get it, uh, tracking the ball, attacking the ball in the air. When the ball goes in the air, he's an alpha. It is. CD Lamb's ball, which is what reminds me most about DeAndre Hopkins. And it was one of the things I was a little bit worried about Lamb coming into the league is like, okay, DeAndre Hopkins is a good comp for him. And I see a lot of that and he can get open and catch the ball run after catch. I didn't see his run after catch translating like it was in college, which it hasn't been that yet, which is not surprising, but it was like, okay, it doesn't have a great top speed, but he's also 10, 15 pounds lighter. He's pretty skinny compared to DeAndre Hopkins. So if he's going to have be right. a contested ball guy, is he strong enough to get away from press coverage, which he didn't see a lot of in that conference in college. So there was some questions there. Those have been answered for me now. And it's like, okay, yes, the ball skills are there. This guy's a target hog. He's, he might not be a burner that's going to get down the field, but his ball skills allow him to make plays down the field still. And he's competitive after the catch, even though he's not going to be Tyreek Hill or whoever after the catch and just, you know, juke guys and run around and, and make a ton of plays after the catch. He'll get some yards there. So really complete receiver and an alpha when the ball's in the air, a target hog. He can absolutely be a number one wide receiver going forward. And the dude's 21 years old. Yeah, you said a lot there. I agree with every single thing you said. 
I just don't know that I would have him second. I mean, I have no problem with Metcalf one. I mean, we didn't really get into that, but that's a big leap from just, you know, a month or two ago to go to number one. Can I take C.D. Lamb with all those wonderful things you said over Devontae Adams, who's going to have Aaron Rodgers for the next couple of years, Michael Thomas, who's been the most productive in the in, of late, but probably won't have Breeze next year. I definitely would over Hopkins. I don't know that I'd take him over Tyreek. And then I look at Ridley, Godwin, A.J. Brown. Those guys are pretty darn good, too. Yeah, it's – and here's where – and probably where your co-host, if I I don't want to speak for him, but this is where mm-hmm. you think you have the advantage is you don't have to take C.D. Lamb second and you don't have to take D.K. Metcalf first if you were doing a dynasty startup right now. So that's your value because you have them is like, OK, they're at least even in my book. You know, let's say going into the draft, you're saying, OK, well, I like C.D. Lamb just as much as the rest of these guys because rest of career I'm buying on him. But then you can wait yeah. and get him later. So that's where the value is. So that that's sort of the conversation is where is the herd and where are you on the guys and. Uh, I can't argue with someone who says, well, you're still taking Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, even though they're 27, 28 years old over the other guys. I'm not going to argue with that. And if you say, I'll take DK all day long, rest of career over those guys with what we've seen, the cheat code that DK Metcalf is with Russell right. Wilson, uh, the the most perfect match you can imagine there. I mean, DK Metcalf would be awesome on any team. First of all, that's a... A lot of people are trying to throw that out. Oh, he went to Russ. If he didn't go to Seattle, he wouldn't be as good. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe the numbers would be a little bit different. Oh, they fit together. Yeah. DK Metcalf. Tyreek and Mahomes do too. Right. DK Metcalf would fit every single offense in the NFL and he would help everybody get better with their deep ball. And he's dominating not just on nine routes, you know, slants and a ton of other stuff and run after the catch stuff, which I was surprised. He's making, you know, taking screen passes to the house. So DK Metcalf is an absolute cheat code. Combined with Russ Wilson, I mean, that's just frightening. The the touchdown, because he's not going to get the targets, maybe, if you're looking rest of career with CD, just versus C.D. Lamb. Not as many right, targets, not right. as many catches, but you're talking yards, yards Makes per catch, count. and touchdowns especially. So that, 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 can, that can make up for a lot of targets and catches when you're scoring that many touchdowns and you're getting targeted in the red zone and making big plays down the field. So uh, I have no problem with that. DK Metcalf is frightening and a cheat code and uh, 49ers fans are just sort of lying to themselves saying, ah, you know, he's, he's stiff. He's not that good. Uh, it's only Russ that's helping him out because he's going to be in the NFC West haunting them for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I just went to dynastyleaguefootball.com, which is a really good site. If people out there are interested in dynasty and it, it rubs off into a regular NFL too, but Ryan is big on the site. He writes there a lot. And he also is one of five voters that compiles their rankings. And of the five voters, only one didn't have Metcalf number one amongst all receivers. Where C.D. Lamb, he got a two, he got a seven, a two, 11, two. And he ended up sixth on their list, second on Ryan's. And I'm more on board with that. I mean, that makes sense to me. But for DK to be clearly number one is massive to me. I do want to finish up this conversation just looking at a, sort of an update, which I've been doing all year long with rookie wide receivers next on Peacock and Williamson. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying something like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. 
A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Did you know there are new flavors of Built Bar. If you've had Built Bars in the past, you know how good they are, and they've got some fantastic new flavors that you should be excited to try. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Uh, They've got their 12 original flavors as well. You've heard me talk about the peanut butter flavor that I love. Double chocolate's good. Uh, Mint brownie's also one of my favorites. 18 fantastic flavors to choose from. You can get a box of just one flavor and get multiple boxes. You can build your own box of Built Bars as well. They're covered in 100% delicious chocolate. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, soft and easy to chew. Great if you're health conscious, trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber bar that is also great for a keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Phenomenal chart put out there by Arif Hassan, who writes for The Athletic in, in the Minnesota region. He ranked the scrimmage yards per game for rookie wide receivers since going back to 2013. And I'm not sure if he went oh, back further than that, but I'm only seeing rookie wide receivers back as far as 2013, which was DeAndre Hopkins' rookie year and. Keenan Allen's rookie year, and they're both on this list. This is scrimmage yards, so rushing yards, too, because some of these wide receivers are getting worked in uh, the running game and in screen passes like Brandon Ayuk and LaVisca Chenault, who are on this list. And so prorated 16 games, and for some of these old rookies, it was whatever they had, um, you know, as a rookie in their rookie season. Prorated 16 games scrimmage yardage since 2013 for rookie wide receivers. Number one is Odell Beckham. Remember, he had that injury coming into the year when he was a rookie in 2014. He only played 12 games. Right, and he just went crazy. Uh, I mean, speaking of Dynasty League receivers, he was number one for like three years running. Oh, yeah, he was that. Yeah, 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 he was like C.D. Lamb, but with top speed, right? And he was like, oh, my gosh, look what this guy's doing to the league right now. And and, and no doubt, number one wide receiver. So prorated 16 games of his scrimmage yards. He was averaging 111.7 scrimmage yards per game as a rookie. He's number one on the list. That's 1,786.7. He only ended up with 1,340 because he played 12 games. But when you're looking at the prorated 16 games, 1,700 yards is, was the pace he was on as a rookie, which is number one. Number two on the list since 2013 is C.D. Lamb. He's averaging 89.2 wow. scrimmage yards per game right now, which if he plays all 16 games this year, that'll be 1,427 total yards on offense. And most of those are receiving. He's not getting handed the ball much. He has sure. a little, couple of rushing yards, but I mean, that's, that's a lot of receiving production. So when Ryan McDowell talks about that, that's kind of the path that CeeDee Lamb is on right now. But Odell's way ahead. And just focusing on rookies now, because Michael Thomas is third on the list. Mike Evans is fifth. Keenan Allen is sixth. A.J. Brown is seventh. Amari Cooper's on there. Uh, Juju's on there. Mm-hmm. Number four on the list, also a rookie, Justin Jefferson. scrimmage yards per game, which would put him at uh, just under 1,200 yards for the season. Number eight on the list is Chase Claypool. 
uh, only played four games. He's averaging 68.8 scrimmage yards, which would put him at 1,100 scrimmage yards for the season over a 16-game season. LaVisca Chenault is 12th on this list. Uh, Henry Ruggs is 15th on this list at 62.7 in his three games, which would be 1,000 scrimmage yards over the course of 16 games if he kept that average. Jerry Judy, 19th on the list. Brandon Ayuk, 24th on the list. So that's seven rookie-wide receivers that are in the top 24 rookie production scrimmage yards per game in this crazy offseason in this 2020 landscape which is kind of mind-blowing so when you were talking stock up and i've been doing a lot of tracking of rookie wide receivers when you compare them against the best classes which this there's a ton of 2014 2019 and 2020 receivers on here this rookie class is absolutely stacking up wow that's pretty interesting and a couple notes from that are remember back when when third year breakout for wide receivers. That seems like a hundred years ago, you know, that, Oh, they'll struggle their rookie year. They'll yes. be okay in year two, but third year breakout, look out. Now it's like second game breakout, you know? Oh yeah. That's um, archaic at this point. And quarterbacks right. too. We're seeing Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert right out of the gate. Herbert was like, you know, Josh Allen style where it's like, Oh my, you know, he's kind of uh, accuracy is not quite there. Arm strength. I love all the physical abilities, but it's going to be a while. And he's like, no, the day one, let's go. And so that's yeah. kind of blowing my mind right now. And, and this off season seemed like the one year where that couldn't happen. And, my theory was blown up completely very quickly this year. It's, it's fascinating what we're seeing with young uh, players in the passing game right now. Yeah, right. I was on board too. Like, ah, this isn't the year to draft rookies in fantasy. You know, they didn't have any preseason. Oh, they're ready. I mean, these guys are football year round. The NFL's done a great job adapting their way of playing to the college game to make those adaptations quicker for these players. You, you need to get all the production you can when these guys are on their rookie contract to maximize your salary cap and all that. So they want these guys to play now. It's no, ah, we'll let them sit a year and figure it out. No, you're going to play, you know, and um, obviously the league is putting out or the, the college ranks are putting out a ridiculous number of great wide receivers year after year now lately. And just an abundance of them have come in the league the last three years or so. Fascinating. Uh, we, we could talk all day probably about wide receivers and as it pertains to fantasy, but uh, we've got to move on with our stock up, stock downs, because there are some other ups and downs that we've noticed around the league over the last few weeks going into week six here, Matt. Do you have any ups or downs in the NFL? Yeah, I'm going to lump a few together because I know we're probably getting close on time. Um, two quarterbacks that I really, really liked that had brutal starts to their season took a big step and Carson Wentz I thought played really well last week against your Niners and even better this week against my Steelers and Deshaun Watson and I don't want to say it's all the coaching change playing a terrible Jacksonville defense helps but I really liked seeing Watson and Wentz get back to who I thought they were those are good ones I I got to add Ryan Tannehill, the Tennessee Titans, uh, Mike Vrabel like good they've got to be a stock up right after what we saw there and not being not only Statement. not being sort of battered and beaten down by the events of the last few weeks and the entire offseason and being worn down by that, they actually overcame it and used that to their advantage and playing with a little chip on their shoulder right now. Currently undefeated and currently in a very good spot to take that AFC South. And so definitely buying stock up on the Tennessee Titans, who, by the way, finished the season strong last year and they started the season strong this year. If they keep that up, I mean, they were in the AFC championship game for a reason last year. So, I mean, look out. Maybe, maybe we're all selling the Titans a little bit short. Yeah, well said. I mean, no doubt. I mean, a statement to the rest of the league last night for everyone to see. Um, along those lines, Raiders, including Derek Carr, 
Dolphins Panthers trending up from recent doldrums, you know, really being bottom feeders of the league. I think all those organizations are trending the right way. The Raiders might be a step ahead of the other two with their development, but it's all going the right direction and the play on the field is reflecting it. I know there's some folks on Twitter that were taking us to task and you specifically, Matt, for uh, bashing the Raiders in the past and not mm-hmm. believing in them, but I'm kind of going to double down on that. And I've, I fully believe, and I have some of those things on my list, Matt Rule stock up and the Panthers and the Raiders and the Bears, and they should all feel good about stock up. But at the same time, I think all three of those teams and specifically the Raiders are going to be an up and down bipolar sort of a team. So if I'm yeah, buying yeah. stock, I'm actually using that stock up momentum that they have to probably sell on a lot of those teams. So high on them. Right. And on the flip side, I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers, who their bye week came at the worst possible time. They were playing so well. And I think they're a good football team, and they're going to be in it in the end. I mean, they were 13-3 and last year, and they're playing better this year. And I love what's going on there with with Aaron Rodgers in in second year in that offense. But, and and this is the best way that I can put it, for teams that that are flying high right now, and, you know, the red hot undefeated teams around the league, and some of the dozen or so one and zero win teams in the NFL right now after five weeks. The NFL is like the sun and teams are like planets circling the sun. And there's this gravitational pull that is forcing every franchise slowly to an eight and eight season. So the the bad, bad teams that can't win a game at some point, a switch will get flipped on. They'll go on a little bit of run and win some games. And the teams that are seemingly seemingly red hot and can't lose a game they're going to falter a little bit and stumble and run into some hot teams themselves and lose some games. And so essentially every team is being gravitationally pulled toward eight and eight. And so right now we're seeing a massive spray of really bad teams and really good teams record wise. And I think that's going to start to come down. So if you have a team that is maybe like the Atlanta Falcons change their coach and we saw it with the Houston Texans last week, maybe bet on some wins upcoming for some of those teams and a team like the Packers and the Seahawks, and they're playing great. And it's not that I think they're going to completely stumble and not make the playoffs or anything, but they're not going to go undefeated. Right. So um, that, that's sort of the last Stock's thing. I'll pretty say pricey here. right now. Right. Buy. Pricey stock, maybe sell at its highest on, on some of these teams. Yeah. And, and, and along those lines, the Chiefs stumbled two weeks ago. They got beat this past week. Well, if their stock took a little dip, I'll mm, go yep. all in and put all my cash there. Uh, the Ravens, I bet their stock's a little lower, certainly, than it was before the season started. I'll buy that stock at its current price. You know what I mean? I'm with you. No, that is perfectly said. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we get really reactionary. What happened this week? And when it comes to the Raiders, like, oh, the Raiders are great, you know, but let's wait because we thought that a couple of weeks ago when they beat the Saints and then they fell on their face. And so I, I really yeah. think that's the roller coaster ride the Raiders are going to be on this season. We'll see if I'm right. Consistency is awful hard in this league, it's so difficult. All right, good stuff, Matt. We are out of time. Stock up, stock down. Always fun. You never know which direction those conversations are going to take. Philip Rivers, stock down. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you have some more? <laughs> if, rapid, if you've got more rapid fire, feel free. Yeah, Philip Rivers, I know. And Zach that was like. Hurt, stock down. Kenyon Drake, stock down. <laughs> But Rivers was, I don't even need to talk on him. I just wanted to get him out of my mouth so everybody you, could hear. You've been stocked down on Rivers reasons. since the beginning, since before the season started. And I feel since like about you're, a year ago. you're even further stocked down than you were at that point. Like you, you it's oh, been confirmed like for Jacoby you, right? Time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they're worse at quarterback than they were last year. Oh man, that's not a good situation then. For, not good. Uh, by the way, and I was thinking about this the other day when I was thinking about, okay, 2021 quarterbacks, what kind of shakeups could we see? Dak Prescott and some other things. Has anybody heard from Andrew Luck? 
I know. Is there like that? That one breaks my heart. Could could it maybe after sitting out and and maybe missing the game for a bit and feeling healthy, could we see a comeback from Andrew Luck? I'm still waiting for that one. I mean, speaking of stock, if that was Apple a couple years ago and now it's a penny stock, I might buy a few shares. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if someone just found him, I'm 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 picturing a mountain man with just hair everywhere on his face and like unrecognizable. Somebody find him wherever in the woods that Andrew Luck is and interview him about it because instantly stock up if, if someone can just find the guy. Give him a football while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, if, see how he's feeling. See how he's feeling. All right, good stuff. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow with Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Looking ahead to week six, making our six-pack of picks right here. Peacock and Williamson.